Hey, this is Thomas Q. Jones, former UVA All-American running back, and you're listening to The Jerry Ratcliffe Show. Wahoo-wah. You are listening to The Jerry Ratcliffe Show. I'm Chris Graham, and uh, I've got Jerry here with us and looking forward to talking about some UVA football, UVA basketball. Jerry, I hope things are going well for you, buddy. Things are going well. It was good to see you the other night at the Carolina game, and uh, that turned out pretty well. Uh, it- Big win for the Wahoos. I think it was a, a game that they really needed to win, uh, as I'm sure you did, after they uh, struggled a little bit for a while there, dropping uh, two ACC games to Miami and Pitt and having their uh, toughness a little bit questioned a little bit by their head coach. So uh, I think they showed everything that they needed to show in that game. And uh, – Got a big W as a result. Yeah, that was that was a very big win for Virginia, especially the way that game was playing. Carolina really controlled the action for the first half and, and a little a little bit into the second half. So big win for Virginia. We'll talk a lot about that here on the show. Um, first, though, let's start with you got a you got a new sponsor. I'll talk about the new sponsor, and then we'll also thank our our our, our longtime sponsors as well. Yeah, I'd like to welcome aboard a new sponsor, uh, Charlottesville-based. And uh, they're sponsoring the uh, podcast and the website. Their ad will be up on the website uh, soon. And uh, we want to give them a plug here on our podcast today. Uh, The company is Roback. You may not have heard about it. uh, I, I think they're relatively new. Uh, it's spelled R-H-O-B-A-C-K. I, I, th- I think it's actually named after a, uh, a, a a breed of dog, I think, in from South Africa. I'm not sure. I guess my dog is, is liking it because he's barking in the background. Uh, I've um, got on some of their gear. got a hat and uh, one of the hoodies. Quiet. And... Uh, they uh they're uh, uh again they're a Charlottesville-based company uh, sportswear uh they're uh, UVA people they uh, sponsor uh, through NIL Kihei Clark on the UVA basketball team uh, they're sponsoring some other athletes around the country I know they are sponsoring a, a couple of football players from Notre Dame and Alabama but uh, Kihei is the local guy from UVA. And I guess the best way to describe Roback is best fit and best feel. Uh, when it comes to quality, these guys just seem to get it. I, yeah, I put on their gear, and I, I don't want to take it off. It's, these hoodies are so soft and comfortable. Uh, they have great uh, performance polos, um, uh, great performance hoodies, and uh, Q-zips. And... Um, some of the most comfortable and attractive uh, sportswear that's on the market. And again, I think they're one of the fastest growing uh, companies in America right now. Their uh, stuff is flying off the shelves here in Charlottesville. And uh, they don't have a store, so you have to order online. It's uh, roback.com, R-H-O-B-A-C-K. And uh, if you use the code UVA Jerry, on your order, you get a generous 20% off of your first order, um, which is pretty cool. 
And again, that's R-H-O-B-A-C-K. Use the code UVA Jerry and uh, get 20% off all your polos, hoodies, and Q-zips. Uh, make sure you check out their print polos. Um, great stuff to wear year-round. And uh, I'll tell you, these are uh, a lot. I wear a lot of polos and I wear a lot of hoodies. And uh, this stuff is as comfortable as I've ever run into anywhere. So I, I think you'll love it. And it's great not only just for active wear and, and around uh, the office or town or games, but uh, on the golf course. Can't wait to get out on the golf course in this. It, this thing is so uh, flexible and, and uh, comfortable. Uh, can't imagine wearing anything else more comfortable on the golf course. So give those people a uh, a look at roback.com and uh, I'll guarantee you, you'll like what you see. But uh, we'll, we'll get to our other sponsors at the end of the broadcast, but uh, make sure you check out Robach. Uh, that sounds, sounds Robach. exciting. Yeah, look, yeah. those who are following on the video, uh, I know we also were on the podcast. So if you're if you're on the video stream, though, here, um, yeah, it's a comfortable looking sweat uh, 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 hoodie there. And uh, uh, looks like I mean, it looks like it'd be thin, but also pretty warm, too. Yeah, it is. It really is. And uh, you got the great logo here, uh, which is the dog. <laughs> I don't know if you can see it. Really. I, yeah, I can. Yeah, it's better yeah. now. But uh, I mean, if you're like me and Chris, you're a dog lover anyway. So, what a great way to pay tribute to your pet. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right, let's talk some basketball. We already kind of started talking Virginia with the big win, um, and in the second straight win, uh, both at home, uh, Syracuse on on Saturday, and then the North Carolina game on Tuesday night, and. Um, you know, the the thing about Tuesday night's game, Jerry, we all noticed it um, on, on press row. Um, and, and fans might have noticed it, too, even if they didn't notice the, the analytics part of it. Just the fact that at the 15-12 mark of the second half, Tony Bennett sent in four guards around Ben Vanderplas. And that's what turned the game around. Um, and uh, what a, what a you know, unique way to try to turn things around. I guess everything else he'd been trying that night had not been working. But um, the four guard lineup worked, and um, he actually stuck with it the rest of the way. Those guys uh, had to; uh, they might have needed some extra time in the training room on Wednesday to to recover from all that work they did. Uh, but um, interesting strategy move there by Tony to turn things around there. Yeah, I mean, he's we've said it many times on this show about uh, I don't know that I've ever seen a coach that makes better halftime adjustments and in-game adjustments um, than Tony Bennett. And that was certainly one of them. <clears throat> and it paid huge dividends. I, I think some of those guys maybe didn't come out the entire second half, but I know most of them, there was no subs the last 15 minutes of the game, which is highly unusual. And those guys uh, grinded it out. And you got to give them a lot of credit. I know they were all gasping. Uh, by the end of the game, but uh, what a great move, and and it did pay off. Uh, Carolina had a hard time answering that lineup, uh, particularly moving Ben Vanderplas uh, to the five. He was the only non-guard in the lineup that um, final 15 minutes, I guess, 
and he was responsible for shutting down uh, Washington, the, the big freshman from Carolina who came in when uh, Armando Baycott went out in the first couple of minutes of the game with uh, what looked like a a serious foot injury. Uh, I haven't heard any updates on him since that game, but uh, I, I did. Uh, the x-rays yeah. came back negative. So for Carolina fans, it was actually pretty good news. No word well, on whether yeah. he'll play on Saturday, but at least it's not a broken, broken bone. Uh, good for him. Uh, you hate to see a player of his caliber or any player get hurt for that matter. But uh, yeah, uh, good for him. Um, he was obviously in a lot of pain <clears throat> when he left the game and came back out in the second half with warm-ups on. But, but Washington was incredibly effective uh, the first half. And uh, he seemed to be wearing out Caden Shedrick in the middle. Caden uh, couldn't match his physicality, it didn't look like. And uh, so that was a, a good move, a good, uh, I guess, somewhat of a gamble going with Vanderplas. He's not a lightweight by any means. He's 6'8", 230, I think, 235. A uh, very strong guy and uh, with quick hands who seemed to give Washington fits the second half. Uh, Washington only scored one point in the second half, and I think he missed all four of the shots that he took after uh, in the first half. He um, uh, Washington had uh, 12 points and hit five out of seven shots. So, uh Vanderplas did a great job of shutting him down. He did, you know, and, and it's something that I remember back to the Michigan game. Um, in the second half, Tony didn't go four guards around Vanderplas, but he did put Vanderplas in for a long stretch in that second half at center uh, with with Jaden Gardner as the four. And Vanderplas had to guard that big 7-1 guy, Hunter Dickinson. Um, and um, Dickinson in the first half had 14 points. He ended up with nine in the second half, but only two of nine shooting from the field. And so, you know, if not stopping him, he at least neutralized him to a large degree, did Vanderplas. And I remember thinking at that time, boy, this is something, and I actually even thought about this in, in terms of North Carolina. This is something that Tony can use if if something happens in the North Carolina game, um, whether it be foul trouble or an injury or something like that. And Ben Vanderplas can give you minutes at the five um, defensively. And then what he can do offensively, we saw that in that last 15 minutes plus. Um, he he draws out the the in man-to-man defense, he'll draw out that that number five who's guarding him. It'll clear up the lane, it'll allow the you know Kia Clark and Reese Beekman to drive and either penetrate and you know find their own shots or find uh guys uh, open on the perimeter. And uh because you know you you're kind of clearing things out there. Vanderplas on both ends was the key to this one in the second half. He truly was. Uh, he only played eight minutes in the first half and ended up playing uh, almost 27 minutes for the game. <clears throat> so, uh, and uh, he had uh, 14 of his 17 points, which I think was uh, most of anybody in the game, yeah, uh, of any of either team. Uh, in the second half, he hit when he hit uh, five of his six shots, um, and uh, a couple of those were three pointers, big three pointers. Uh, and, he, and he scored in a variety of ways. He had a, a banked one, a jumper in, uh, he had a couple of dunks in transition, uh, 
had a couple of three pointers. So he he had a, a wide variety of uh, ability to score and um, had five rebounds in the second half. He ended up with a career high three blocks, a couple of steals, and an assist. So, I mean, you talk about a complete game from a guy. Um, and, and it was good to see because he had been in a, a, a shooting slump um, in the three or four games leading up to the Carolina game. So, um, you know, somebody pointed out uh, he was out on the court at JPJ two and a half hours before the game taking shots with uh, Isaiah Wilkins and Johnny Carpenter. And uh, he said, well, I normally do it in the warm-up gym there at JPJ, which a lot of people don't even know that I guess that it exists, but it, there were not uh, two nice – uh, practice gyms in the building, one for the men, one for the women. And um, so uh, whatever he did, <laughs> it helped him because he he, uh, <clears throat> he only hit one out of four shots in his limited uh, playing time in the first half. But, man, he heated up and was the guy that uh, essentially won the game for him in the second half. I've made a basket in the uh, men's practice gym. Um, actually, more than one. One one time we were over there, a, a bunch of us reporters. For I can't. It was either the uh, must have been. It what you know. There's we, we're let in there a couple times a year, either for the um, uh, the the preseason media event where you get to interview players, and then there's the they usually do one before the ACC tournament. It was before the ACC tournament. We were waiting for the players and Tony to get out there. And there were some basketballs laying around. And so a couple of us, Chris right from the Sabre and me, we grabbed basketballs and started shooting them. And uh, nobody told us we couldn't do it. And they didn't throw us out of there. So um, I've made a three in the practice gym. Uh, <laughs> I can say that. I, I can take that to my grave. But, uh, no, that's, that's uh, you know, uh, someone mentioned – I've been talking about, you know, the 17-point performance for Vanderplas on Tuesday. That was his fifth double-digit game this season. Virginia's played 15 games. He's had six games of three points or less. And so I, I've been writing about the good Vanderplas and the bad Vanderplas. Um, they both get minutes. It's, he, he's out there. He gets minutes. He moves the ball. He plays defense. You know, he does his things. He gets 20 minutes either way. But from a production standpoint, it's either good or bad Vanderplas. I actually, somebody commented on, a, on, on one of my threads today. They said they prefer the term Vanderplus or Vanderminus. Um, <laughs> I said that's pretty catchy. That might be actually pretty good. Hopefully, no more need for that term though. Let's let's have the Vander Plus um, for the rest of the way. Um, it was also notable that Reese Beekman uh, looked as healthy as we've seen him since that Michigan game uh, about a month and a half ago. Yeah, and you and I, uh, I think it was last week, we talked about <clears throat> how this team needs somebody to take over games, and uh, I think he showed some flashes of that. Uh, throughout the game, both halves the other night, uh, showing his athleticism, uh, his ability to drive the ball and score. And, and one thing that, that we did know about Carolina going in, and Hubert Davis after the game kind of acted like it was a surprise to him, but uh, Carolina has, has been very vulnerable, I think, this year on – on straight line drives. And I'm sure that's something that Virginia picked up on and, and did it all night long. And Carolina really didn't have any answer for it defensively. And uh, Bigman 
and Kihei uh, in particular, and I think maybe Franklin as well, were able to exploit that a little bit and uh, allowed Virginia to to do its thing and 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 win the game. Particularly uh, some of that during that twenty three to six run, I think uh, that blew the game open and uh, allowed Virginia to take control for a while there. You know, uh, you mentioned Franklin's name. Uh, Franklin didn't shoot the ball well from outside, but in that four guard alignment, um, you know, even though you're, you have four guards on the floor, you still have guys who have to play in the post. He actually got, I, when I, the way I looked at it, uh, one was officially a jumper, but he was posting his guy up, made a little five foot turnaround jumper, had a couple of nice post moves on other shots. He even got fouled one time with a post. I had him with six points in the post. He had, um, Three free throw attempts. Unfortunately, missed all three of those free throw attempts. But he had nine rebounds in the game. Armand at six four, uh, normally a shooting guard, was uh, a very small four. And you know, but the thing was, he had a guard on him, Seth Tremble, who's six three. And Virginia exploited the matchup, and they kept going to that uh, down the stretch. Yeah, uh, you're right. And uh, he ended up making four out of thirteen shots, and. He missed all five of them from from the arc, but uh, but he, he was still very, found ways to be effective. Like you said, rebounding and um, I think he had uh, three blocks as well. So he ended up with a, a very positive game uh, statistically, and uh, so did uh, our favorite, one of our favorite freshmen, Isaac McNeely, who. Uh, continued to get a lot of playing time. He, he clocked 21 minutes and uh, made four out of five shots, three out of four three-pointers, including a, uh, a big one down the stretch, or maybe a couple of big ones down the this, this stretch, really. But uh, as we discussed, uh, I think, last week or the week before, I, we're not concerned with him and his ability to – to produce, he's just going to keep getting better and better, and he has. And uh, not only on the offensive side of the floor, but the defensive side as well. He's played solid defense, or he wouldn't be getting those kind of minutes. You know, I did a uh, at the end of the uh, after the Syracuse game. I did a a look back. Um, at that point, he was averaging twenty one point one minutes a game. That went up a little bit with what he played on Tuesday. I did a comparison. Um, because we all know Tony Bennett doesn't – he doesn't just give minutes to guys because they're great recruits. Um, he doesn't give minutes to guys who can't play defense either, for comparison's sake. So, again, 21.1 minutes came from McNeely as of uh, of going into Tuesday. Kyle Guy is a freshman uh, in 2016-2017, averaged 18.6 minutes a game. Ty Jerome that same year as a freshman, 13.9. DeAndre Hunter actually redshirted his true freshman season – which would have been the same year, 2016-2017. As a redshirt freshman, Hunter averaged 19.9. Um, the only freshman who averaged more minutes, when I looked, you know, the guys up in the Tony Bennett era, was Malcolm Brogdon, and not much more, 22.4 minutes a game. So that shows Tony Bennett's got a lot of faith, a lot of trust, and a lot of respect for this young man's game. Uh, no question about it. And, uh, and I think a lot of it was because that he came in defensive ready. Um, I remember uh, talking with Kyle Guy, I guess his, uh, the last year he was here about the pack line and, and how tough it was for a freshman 
he said he, he thought he he thought he was a pretty good defender until he got here and found <laughs> out that uh, how hard the, the pack line was to pick up and um but I remember uh distinctively being in South Bend that year and I can't remember what it was sometime in January that's I think that's the first time that he and Jerome really started to get their breakout minutes uh on that trip and they they were the difference in that game uh a win up there against a pretty good Notre Dame team so the fact that McNeely is is getting those kind of minutes speaks volumes to me and I mean they played the back line at Polka High School uh his coach is a, a devout uh believer in the pack line and has come to Charlottesville and and studied it with Virginia coaches. So uh he was very adept at, at playing that in high school. And so he didn't have as much to learn when he got here. So uh he's picked it up well and uh uh same is uh, the same coach who we've had here on our show before <clears throat> tape put down the college three point tape in the polka gym so uh back in the spring so that or as soon as their season was over i guess last march after they won the state championship so that uh isaac could practice college threes and uh he's um transformed beautifully in in that area as well it's it's no big deal for him to launch one um uh, i guess the big thing was uh as we mentioned before, that he was a little reluctant. And Syracuse game, before the Syracuse game, Tony said, take the parking break off. And I think he got the message. He was uh, drilled a few against the, that, busted up that 2-3 zone of Jim Bayheim's, and then uh, was effective against the Tar Heels the other night. And uh, I, I think he's going to be hitting a high percentage of his threes from here on out. Yeah, he was four of seven in the uh, Syracuse game, and three three of four. So he, he's he's kind of taking the parking break off. He's, he's still not launching them at, at great volume, but it was three of four in the uh, Carolina game, and a big one right in front of the Virginia bench. Um, the uh, Carolina twice in the last three minutes had narrowed yeah. the lead down to three, and he hit that one, and it was not even like you know a, a lot of shots in the Virginia offense, especially for the perimeter guys. You know, it's great ball movement. And you're catching the ball, and you're you're moving into your shot. Um, it was late in the shot clock. Well, you know, countdown within five seconds. Um, nobody was open, so he just pulled it from five feet beyond the line, and uh, nothing but the bottom. So um, he took the parking break off there at least. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's he's putting up some good numbers, and um, uh, you know, so Virginia next face faces Florida State, a team that Virginia has already played this year back in December. Um, and, and a narrow five-point win. Florida State's only four and eleven this year, but three and two in the ACC. And um, uh, you know that was the first game Virginia played with uh, a diminished Reese Beekman. He had, that was the first game after the Michigan game. He was clearly not in in, in good health uh, from a a leg standpoint, ankle and, and then hamstring standpoint. Um, so that we, we Virginia does have a history with this team, a recent history with this team. Um, on the road this time, so Virginia knows that they'll be, uh, you know, have have a team that's, you know, thinks they might have their number. I watched just a little bit of their game against Wake Forest last night, and um, 
I can't say that they blew me away. They they played uh, they played okay. But uh, yeah, this is one of the youngest teams that Leonard Hamilton has had down there, and he essentially said, you know, we're, we'll get a lot better as the season goes along, and I, they probably will. Um, I think he, he – I can't remember how many young guys he had, but most of them were pretty inexperienced. Um, they haven't really shocked anybody um, after getting off to that slow start, but they, they have improved. They're hard to beat at home, but, uh, you know, I think this Virginia team is playing well enough right now that if they don't get off to a slow start and don't go through one of these eight-minute scoring droughts, they should be okay. Yeah, I got to update the numbers. Five and 12 uh, overall, three and three in the ACC with that loss last night, um, 90 to 75 at Wake Forest. Um, yeah, and that game is Saturday at uh, four o'clock on the road down in Tallahassee. Um, yeah, I, I would agree, Jerry, that uh, the way the Virginia team's playing right now with a healthy Reese Beekman. And, you know, I'm, I'm just going to harken back to where we started with this discussion about the, the a change by Tony to go to a four guard lineup. It's something that he can add to his arsenal now. You know, it's almost like discovering gold or something. You know, he doesn't need to use it, overuse it, but it's something there that, hey, if, if things aren't going fine, you know, if we're if we're having trouble getting points on the board, we can try this for a few minutes. It already has worked against a pretty high level opponent. And so the more that's kind of how a basketball college basketball season works. Um, you get all these opportunities to learn more about your team, find some things out. And um, and then, you know, of course, then it comes down to a, a bunch of one and done games. But um, this is I think I think that's just something else that can make this team more effective. Um, Tony knows he has another thing he can go to to kind of shake things up. Yeah, and I think. I think we were mildly surprised earlier in the week when Tony mentioned on the ACC coaches Zoom that he was still looking for rotations. Uh, he, he wasn't completely set on that yet. And, you know, I can't say that I'm shocked about that because, uh, you know, he, he has shown that in recent games and, uh, I think he's still looking for the right combinations, uh, and certainly it, some of it depends on matchups. But he's not settled on anything yet. He's still looking for ways to for this team to win and to get better and to exploit certain things from other teams. And um, uh, that may continue for quite some time until he uh, settles in on something. Uh, you know, and it was, just stop and think about it, Chris. You know, you've covered Virginia for a long time. I've covered them forever. Um, as much as Carolina used to dominate this series, did we ever think that Virginia would have an eight-game winning streak at home against the Tar Heels? Uh, I mean, that was unthinkable once upon a time. and. I mean, up until last year, they had a, a pretty nice streak at the Dean Dome, which was even more unthinkable because not only does Carolina rarely lose it at home, but they had owned Virginia over the decades in Chapel Hill, whether it be Carmichael or the Smith Center. And uh, what Tony Bennett has been able to do against Carolina is 
is something that I'm sure Virginia fans they stop and think about it and never never thought it would ever come into being. Oh yeah, Virginia fans will be happy to to get an occasional win at home uh, back in the day, and uh, you know the the ra- the very rare Ralph Sampson era wins in, in Chapel Hill. Uh, other than that, uh, yeah, um, it, it, you're exactly right. This this is a, a series that Virginia has owned of late, and um, in, in so many different ways uh, as well. Um, yeah, I think that uh, yeah, I, I, it speaks a lot. Uh, the, the, all those banners hanging up there that Tony talked about after the Syracuse game when he uh, got win number three twenty seven and passed Terry Holland on the uh, all time wins list at Virginia. Um, you know, those are all nice things that uh, uh, he and those those young men uh, and and the staffers and all the support staff and everything else. Uh, it's 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 interesting to be a, just to be able to observe this from up close. It really is, and um, you could tell that it, it bothered Hubert Davis. Um, I remember he, he was reminded of this on the coaches' in the other day that that he had uh, told his team last year that they had a seven-game losing streak to Virginia overall, and uh, that he had told his team that it was time to end that, that it was enough. He seemed to have forgotten that, <laughs> but uh, you could tell the other night that he was really disturbed that uh, that they lost that game. He, he said, "Didn't we?" He said, "Didn't we cut this game to a three twice?" Uh, I don't want to hear any excuses. He said, uh, it, "You look at this." He held up the box score. He said, "It still added up to an L." And he says, "I, I'm a, I like to win. I, I hate to lose." And you could tell he, he was uh, not happy getting beat after uh, dominating, essentially dominating most of the first half yeah. before Virginia closed the gap and then wrapped it up. And uh, so there's there's still a lot of uh, rivalry in this rivalry, which, which is nice that it's a rivalry again, that Virginia has uh, opened the Tar Heels' eyes well. Not only with wins here, but down in Chapel Hill, I think their fans really got fed up with watching Virginia um, have that kind of success at the Dean Dome over those over those years. Yeah, Roy Williams certainly didn't seem to be too happy about it there uh, towards the end of his uh, coaching career, no doubt. Um, well, uh, so Virginia, Florida State, four o'clock Saturday. Uh, JerryRackliff.com and AugustaFreePress.com will have some previews. Uh, and more information about those games. Let's turn to football real quick. Um, uh, news off the transfer portal uh, in the last a few days. Uh, not surprisingly, I guess, I, I had said that when Sam Hartman made his official move from Wake Forest to Notre Dame, that that would probably uh, get the quarterback roulette wheel going, and it did, Brennan Armstrong at NC State. But also some other news. Virginia, in fact, I don't know, Jerry, I hadn't heard about the Carolina kid uh, who was going to be headed to Virginia. So there was at least a one surprise pickup for UVA uh, in that respect. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> I'll have to go back through my notes, and I can't even remember the kid's name off the top of my head. I couldn't uh, either. That's why I was throwing it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. Uh, I got so many notes here. Let me see. Cameron Kelly, I got here. Yeah, Cameron Kelly. Uh, he's from uh, Oscar Smith High School in Chesapeake. Um. I think he was a three. He was a four star in high school, I believe. Yeah, he was. Uh, 
Hey, six one two ten. Uh, he'll have one year of eligibility remaining. A, a lot of those guys on the Carolina defense have bailed out through the portal, which is somewhat of a surprise. Um, well, I don't know if you saw the news. Um, Dre Bly is out. Yeah, yeah I did see that. This has got to be this. You know, for Virginia football fans. This, that's the best news. I, mean, I don't care who we get off the transfer portal. Dre Blind no longer being at North Carolina is huge news for Virginia football fans. And Virginia Tech, too. Well, Virginia uh, Tech. Well, uh, they, they can worry about their own situation. I'm worried about yeah. Virginia guys. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, he's one of the guys that's been a thorn in Virginia's uh, yeah. saddle down in the 757 for years, yeah. uh, taking the best talent out of that area. To Chapel Hill, and uh, uh, which has cost uh, the Cavaliers and the Hokies, and uh, outside of uh, Penn State, they're the most uh, successful team uh, recruiting-wise in that area. Um, <clears throat> and so that, yeah, that's huge news. It's going to—I'll probably write something about that. I'm going to try to investigate a little bit about what happened because uh, they said it was a mutual parting of the ways between him and Mac Brown. So it doesn't sound so good, but anyway, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure that Chris Slade and, uh, and biscuit are, are uh, delighted that they don't have to <laughs> compete against him for, for uh talent down in, in the tidewater. Now, maybe they can uh, establish stronger roots for Virginia recruiting down there because they, they still haven't mined that area even with those two guys in there this past season. But uh, Kelly, yeah, he um, he was third-team All-ACC in 2021. He didn't have quite as good a year. That year he uh, had four interceptions, which tied for the most in the ACC. He didn't have quite as good a uh, senior year for the Tar Heels. But uh, he still has uh, five career interceptions and uh, 180 tackles. Um, I think he's more of a safety, and what Virginia needs is a corner. I, I don't know if he can adapt to that or or uh, if Virginia might move somebody else, and that's over and from safety to corner. But um certainly gives him another body in the secondary, and that's something that they're going to need. And uh, a guy with, you know, four years of experience. And, uh, again, uh, was a high school four-star recruit, or whatever that means. But uh, uh, a good pickup through the portal. And Virginia hasn't done a whole lot in the portal, really, in terms of bringing people in. Yeah, one bit of bad news. A uh, guy who signed, or no, committed, excuse me, hadn't signed. Uh, offensive linemen, particularly where their need is greatest right now for this program, um, has decided to to go somewhere else before before signing on the bottom line. Yeah, uh, Saginaw Valley State kid uh, decided to decommit to from Virginia and signed with uh, or committed uh, with Iowa, where he had some connections. I think. Uh, from somebody he knew in high school or, or something. But anyways, uh, uh, he 
even though he's from Saginaw Valley State, which a lot of people might scoff at, but he's a big kid, uh, kind of a late bloomer, and uh, again was a, a big body that, with experience, that probably could have helped Virginia in some fashion. Um, he had some decent offers, and the fact that he signed with Iowa shows that he was legit. So uh, back to the drawing board, uh, a little bit of breaking news today. With uh, They did pick up an offensive lineman, a 6'4", 300-pound tackle, offensive tackle from Houston, University of Houston. I'm probably going to butcher his name, but I'm just going by what I see. It's Uganda, I think, Nana. I would go with that, yeah. Maybe, yeah, yeah. N-N-A, N-N-A. Uh, but uh, or maybe it's Nana. I don't. I don't know. But it's. Uh, I'm going with with Nana. Uganda Nana. Uh, he uh, played some of you. So I, I don't have a lot of breakdown on him at this point. But he's originally from Arlington, Texas, and uh, he had some decent offers out of high school nothing uh, spectacular he wasn't that highly rated so uh again it's another body with some experience don't know how good he is but uh it's it's another player through the portal and uh i think right now they've only been able to lasso four or five guys through the portal and uh <clears throat> That offensive line is still thin. There's still no offensive line coach. Yeah. Um, and we don't know where they're going there specifically. So uh, you would think something would break on that sometime in the very near future. Yeah. Uh, Tony Elliott had said at his uh, press conference right you know, before Christmas announcing the um, the day of the National Signing Day that he hoped to have some news right after the holidays. We're 12 days into the new year and so nothing there um other other transfer news uh billy kemp uh to nebraska logan taylor to boston college um trying to think what else uh and we knew finch Charles Cypress to florida state we talked about that i think last week i mentioned brennan armstrong to somebody nc state to was... oh, oh yeah somebody went to yeah the louisville um it's another lineman wasn't it yeah. Uh, oh, the uh, uh, Flores, John Paul Flores. Yeah, John Paul Flores. Who was only here for a year. Uh, he did what didn't didn't stay very long. Uh, any word, Jerry? That hearing anything about Nick Jackson? That would be the other big big name still out there for Virginia. No, I haven't, and I'm kind of surprised <laughs> by that. I, I figured, uh, and I imagine there's some pretty good schools after him, but I, I haven't heard where he might be leaning or anything. So. Um, I wonder if he might be trying to go somewhere closer to home since he's from Atlanta. Um, I don't know if he would want to go to Georgia Tech or not. Um, I'm sure he would like to go to Georgia, but I don't know if they need him. We've got so many people coming back, I think, on defense. Uh, So it's hard to tell where he might end up. I, I haven't heard any whispers in the wind on him yet. He had left open the possibility when he announced he was in the portal that he might he, he might leave open the chance of coming back to Virginia. So um, we can hope, uh, you know, from Virginia fan standpoint, that that could be the case. So um, yeah, there's 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 still some maybe some movement on the transfer portal for Virginia. 
certainly the need for an offensive line coach. That's an essential need. Um, and we would expect news on that soon. And certainly hope uh, that that could be filled pretty soon. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. Uh, um, you know, I, I guess with the the pending uh, rearrival of the students for the second semester, uh, that'll mean the baseball team is not too far from getting. I mean, the heck, they're only about a month and a week away from uh, games starting. Uh, so um, yeah. that's not. I can't, can't believe it. It's not that far off. Uh, you're right, and. I know Brian O'Connor was excited. He, uh, they had a huge class coming in, um, transfers and high school kids. So I, I think it's like 20, like 20 guys, maybe 20, 22 guys, new guys. So uh, Virginia fans will have to get refamiliarize themselves with the roster a little bit. But I, I, I know he's expecting to have a, another good season. I'm sure we'll be getting a media day from them in not too distant future. Uh, but I, I think uh, a lot of fans are excited about uh, the possibilities there. Um, I noticed in the uh, Learfield Directors Cup release today that Virginia, I think, is number 13 after the fall sports. Uh, North Carolina is number one. I think there's a couple other ACC schools in front of Virginia, Syracuse and somebody else. Um so it'll be uh, interesting to follow that. Uh, there's, uh, I, I think there's a, like nine ACC schools in the top 25. So it just shows you what a good all-around athletic conference the ACC is. And uh, Virginia has done well in that competition for quite some time now. So um, lots for Virginia fans to be excited about, uh, particularly in basketball and um, who knows how how this uh, season might end up, but I think Virginia will end up doing pretty well. Well, from the Directors Cup standpoint, spring is spring is Virginia fan season. That's uh, you yeah. know basketball is in the, in the meat of the schedule. You got you got lacrosse, both men's and women's. You got baseball. You got swimming. You got tennis. Uh, so <laughs> this is this is the scoring time of year from the Directors Cup standpoint. Yeah, track and field. They've done track really and field, yeah, <laughs> in that area lately too. Uh, yeah, that if they want to rack up points, that's <laughs> that's a stretch going down the home stretch where they can uh, definitely pick up some ground in the standings for sure. I'm thinking like a runner here. If you're if if Virginia's 13th uh, at the end of the winter, it's kind of like okay, it's a distance race. We, uh, Virginia's just kind of pacing right now. <laughs> Exactly. you're saving the kick for the second, <laughs> the second part of the race. And especially down the stretch there. So, um, uh, so, uh, I guess uh, as we're getting ready to wrap up here, Jerry, let's thank the, the sponsors who, uh, help make this all possible for us. Yeah. Again, uh, like to welcome aboard. If you missed it early, uh, Roback, R H O B A C K, uh, great active warrior company based in Charlottesville, Virginia, very Wahoo, uh, oriented. And um, if you order, you can help uh, your boy, Kihei Clark, who is uh, sponsored by them through the NIL, uh, one of the fastest growing companies in America, from what I can see. I know their their supplies are <laughs> flying off the shelves. I can guarantee you that. Uh, I'm wearing their gear right now, and it's uh, I, I can testify that it's comfortable and uh, uh 
attractive and and really really cool stuff so you'll uh look them up uh, rhoback.com rhoback.com and if you use the code word uva jerry you get 20 percent off your order and uh that's pretty cool savings so uh, check them out and uh, we'd like to thank our regular sponsors good feet store who uh, they sponsored uh, the game the other night, the Carolina game. Uh, they were offering a ten thousand dollar prize to uh, uh, for the, the, a kid who tried a half court shot and missed it to the right. Uh, they were going to give him ten thousand and donate ten thousand more to the Ronald McDonald House of Charlottesville. Incredibly worthy cause. Had uh, he made the shot, but even though he missed. Uh, Jonathan Cotton, who is a great guy, a big UVA supporter and uh, who grew up in Crozet and has built this uh, great company all over the uh, mid-Atlantic and expanded into Ohio. Um, out of the generosity of his heart, uh, he still gave McDonald House $2,500. And uh, they also had an exhibit set up uh, in the hallways of JPJ, I think they gave out 300 free posters of uh, Jaden Gardner and Kia Clark and uh, just good people to work with. So go by their store in Stonefield. And um, I'm, I'm going to have to have a talk with him, though, Jerry. You know, when, when the $10,000 for a half court shot, we've both been to game, the, the game days when the ESP has brought game day to Charlottesville. And yeah. it seems like every time they do that half court tuition thing, that the UVA kid makes it, so yeah, he might want to he might want to push it back to like three quarters court. Um, <laughs> that might be a better bet for him. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. The, yeah, those those odds are not not real good. But, UVA uh, students can shoot half court shots. Is the point there? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, go by and see uh, the Good Feet store in Stonefield. They uh, they have support arches for your feet. If you're having any discomfort walking or running, hips, um, knee, feet, whatever, they can uh, they can help you. And I, I can testify to that too because I've gone by and I I wear their product. And uh, also, Ragged Mountain Running Shop. They have all the running supplies you need and coaching if you need it. Uh, Mark and Cynthia are experienced runners. They know everything about running that you can imagine also the aberdeen barn virginia's greatest steakhouse uh makes my mouth water every time i think about that place go by there see uh angela and terry a great atmosphere you never know who you're gonna run into wahoos everywhere uh, some of the legendary wahoos through time have uh dined there and still do and UVA Orthopedics. I hope you don't have to go see them because that means you're having some issues. But if you're having issues, you can't go, can't find anybody any better. So uh, go see them at their new center on Ivy Mountain, uh, out there on Ivy Road. Uh, state of the art. They can they can help you too. So uh, thank you to all of our sponsors for uh, sticking with us and. Uh, Tell them that Hootie sent you.
Well, that wraps up another good week of the Jerry Ratcliffe Show. For more on UVA Athletics, you can go to my website, AugustaFreeBreast.com. You can go to JerryRatcliffe.com as well uh, to get all you possibly need to know and more about UVA Athletics. Uh, and thank you again for listening to the Jerry Ratcliffe Show. UVA Orthopedics and Sports Medicine boast one of the finest teams of doctors in the country, and they're right here in Charlottesville to not only provide care for the University of Virginia athletic teams, but also the Charlottesville and Central Virginia communities. UVA Orthopedics has been a proud sponsor of the Jerry Ratcliffe Show for the past two years with numerous team members featured in weekly segments where doctors share great insight into various sports injuries, what causes them, how to treat them, and recovery time. Their team of experts are there for you and offer the best care to solve your health problems and get you back on your feet. Let their team of specialists get you back in the game. Looking for a great dining experience in Charlottesville? Look no further than the Aberdeen Barn. The barn has been family owned and operated since 1965 with Terry and Angela providing great atmosphere and mouth-watering food at Virginia's big time steakhouse. Enjoy the fine dining or relax in the Sportsman's Bar, a fantastic place to wind down and socialize, surrounded by flat screen televisions tuned to the latest sporting events. You never know who you might bump into at the Aberdeen Barn where all the greatest Cavaliers have dined over the decades and keep coming back for the delicious menu and good times. Check it out online at AberdeenBarn.com or call 434-296-4630. Hi, it's Jonathan Cotton with the Good Feet Store. As a lifelong runner, the pain in my feet was debilitating. Finally, I went into the Good Feet Store and found the answer personally fit art supports. They helped me so much I ran my first marathon that year. Then because I believed in the Goodfeet system so much, I bought the store. I'm so happy to offer my hometown community the opportunity to find relief from foot, knee, and back pain. The Goodfeet store is located in the shops at Stonefield near Trader Joe's. Book your appointment today at goodfeet.com.